Hello everyone, my name is Jen Torres and I am a God, and so are you. Like many of you, I was raised to believe that if I just prayed hard enough, God would save me. As it turns out, that was actually true. I saved me. At the age of 15, I became pregnant with a beautiful baby girl who dropped in just in time to save my miserable life. This was my first awakening. This podcast is about all of the words and listening to those words to begin to envision what is possible. Because sometimes, as individuals, we feel we need to know everything, have it all together, and be everything all of the time. But that's why we live in a world filled with other people. Each person holds a piece of the puzzle. It's about being open to new information, new ideas, and new perspectives. We're going to talk about all of the topics surrounding what it takes for you to step into your God Goddess. Journey with me as we uncover all things living self-actualized and in your inherent divine God state. This podcast is about doing whatever it takes to develop and nourish the God in you. To start this wonderful interview, I just want to say welcome to the show, Sarah Lane, who is a beautiful woman sitting in front of me right now, and I'm super happy to connect with her and be with her in this space. And uh, I want to say right away that Sarah is a somatic awakening mentor and a breathwork guide. And what she actually does is she works to help women to heal trauma and strengthen their their spiritual connection through breath and movement and energy work and inner child work. So before we get into all of what she does, I just kind of want to uh, jump into the conversation with her. And I would love to know what your background is, how you got to doing to what you do right now. What was that journey like to, to what it is that you do now? Hi, Jen, and hello to everyone that's listening. I'm so grateful to be here. It's truly such an honor. And I love these questions because they're, they can be so vast and so deep. So I just want to take you down maybe a few different routes of this. So first and foremost, the fun stuff. Let's start with that. I identify as a queer feminist. I'm an ecstatic dancer and aspiring, very beginning DJ. Huge fan of Rufus Dussol and all EDM music. Love being in nature, practicing yoga and breath work. And beneath and, and through all of that, I'm a human. I'm a human with fears and desires and darkness and light and challenges and all the things like equal parts divine and equal parts human. I think they're the same, really. And I've experienced really the full gamut of like suffering, abandonment from when my father left when I was five years old, loss, grief from that and being in codependent relationships with people that were emotionally unavailable, working through shame, especially around my sexuality and trying to navigate who I am in this body and how my desires are ever changing. And so I've also been able to overcome, you know, working in a soul sucking job in the corporate world and busting loose from that and creating a life that I love being a coach and a mentor and healer and guide. But through that, I had to go through the fire. I had to go through these initiations, of darkness and pain, really facing off with 
the loss, the grief, the shame, the disconnection from my body, the over-reliance and abuse with alcohol and drugs in my party phase of like really numbing out, not wanting to feel any of this into now teaching on embodiment and how to actually get deeper into the body, connect with your sexuality, your sensuality, your pleasure. I've also been able to heal disorders that doctors seemed pretty incurable. Doctors would label them as, oh, you you cannot heal this, you cannot cure this, we can only treat it with medication. Um, for example, HSV-1 and amenorrhea, which is absence of period. And both of those disorders, I'll put in air quotes, were completely healed holistically and alternatively with alternative medicine, such as Reiki and breath work and diet and nutrition. So that's just a, a, a very broad, brief overlook at some of the things that I've overcome. And through my own healing journey, have decided to invest in um, trainings and programs that now allow me to support other people who have gone through similar experiences and suffering. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing such detailed information with us about your journey and how you got to what you do now. And if I could sum it up in like one set of words or like phrase or an idea about what you do, the word that comes to mind is feminine embodiment. So my next question is just what does that, what does feminine embodiment mean to you? For people who are listening to this, who are maybe newer in spirituality, who don't really understand like what it means to be on that path or on that journey, what does feminine embodiment mean to you? So I'll address this in two different categories. One is what it is. And I think it's important to also touch on what it isn't to really get a deeper understanding for it. So a feminine embodiment is really a way of being, a way of being in the world by fully inhabiting your body instead of numbing from the neck down and being connected to the subtle senses of your body, your intuitive gifts your sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth and infinity senses, right? We have so much more beyond the five senses. We have these intuitive gifts that we get to cultivate. And there's really no one size fits all definition of what it means to be feminine. So your expression of feminine energy is uniquely yours and doesn't have to look like long dresses and goddess jewelry, although it can be, but it doesn't have to look like anything. We're here to discover what your unique expression feels like in your body so you can become more of your authentic self, your true self, not a cookie cutter version of what you see on Instagram. And really the pathway to feminine embodiment is through the gnosis. And that's spelled with a G, G-N-O-S-I-S, gnosis. That's your body wisdom. So you're learning how to trust yourself. You're learning how to trust your intuition and using your discernment, honoring what a yes feels like in your body and what a no feels like in your body. So you can set boundaries. And so many of us, for whatever reason, whether that be sexual trauma, physical trauma, abuse, neglect, or um, addiction, there's so many reasons why we become disconnected from the body. And I think on a more global collective level, there's really this oppression and silencing of the feminine aspect, this feminine energy of the way that we treat the earth, the way that we're, I don't know if I can use this word, trigger warning, raping the earth of her resources is directly correlated to how we are allowing and not allowing our deeper connection with our bodies and with the aspect of, of the feminine and how to honor what is sacred 
we've forgotten how to honor what is sacred. And that's why I love connecting with the wisdom of the indigenous people of specifically North America and how they have preserved these ancient teachings and the wisdom of the body and of the earth and animals and plants and how everything is connected. And so feminine embodiment is really learning about that and connecting with that. And so there's this, there's like the, the kind of surface umbrella where is, which is kind of what we see a lot on Instagram. It's very showy. It's like, Oh, let me do all the things to look feminine. And that's beautiful. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's such a deeper layer of like, okay, but have you met yourself in the dark? Have you really felt the pain that is wanting to be felt from you and seen and the feminine just as a woman gives birth to a human child that's the most painful initiation that a woman could have one of the most and one of the most beautiful pleasurable gifts and so through the pain there is pleasure and through the dark night there is a rebirth through the death there is a rebirth so another another aspect that's often talked about with feminine embodiment is this idea of receptivity and receiving. And I think this is a good segue into like what feminine embodiment is not. Yes, feminine embodiment is about receiving because we want to open up our our channel of receiving and knowing ourselves as worthy. Yes. And I think there's been this idea that if you aren't opening up to be receptive, then you're not feminine. If you aren't keeping your heart open all the time, then you're not feminine. If you're not receiving what this man has to give you, then you're not feminine. And I think there's a lot of danger in that, actually. A lot of danger in that. Essentially because the the when we're taught to be receptive to everyone and everything, that's just another layer of people-pleasing and abandoning ourselves. So there's this misconception about this concept in which we're taught that in order to embody the feminine, we need to be more receptive and open-hearted. But if we're forcing our body to open to someone and it's saying, no, this isn't safe. I don't want to open to this person. But we've been taught, no, you got to be receptive. Open your heart. Then we're completely overriding our bodies. No, this is not safe. This is not okay. And so if your body's closing off, she's closing for a reason. And that's why feminine embodiment, actually discerning your yes and no and accessing the part of you that is fiery and angry and knows how to advocate for herself and her body and her boundaries. That's the piece we want online, not just the part that's always open to everything and everyone because there's there's danger in that. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I love that explanation. That's so good because I've heard many different explanations of divine feminine and feminine embodiment, but I've never heard it explained like that. So thank you so much for that. What does it mean to be a somatic awakening mentor for people who have never heard that term before? Great question. So essentially, I help women heal trauma and strengthen their spiritual connection through somatic practices like breath, movement, energy work, inner child healing. And the word somatic has the word soma in it. And so this is dealing with matters of the body, the soma. And so if it was just awakening mentor, great, love that. But I added the word somatic because it's important to put this focus on the body. I believe that a lot of our spiritual journey. When we're meditating, we might be learning from certain spiritual practices that encourage focus on the upper chakras. 
or ascension. They focus on love and light and third eye awakening and enlightenment and blasting off into outer space and the cosmos, which yes, all of that is great and it's needed for our spiritual journey. But what can happen is if we focus too much on that end, we forget to drop deep into the body, into the soma, especially these lower chakras, which is called descension. So we need ascension and descension. Otherwise, the entire journey actually dissociates you from the truth and from your body and can become even more hurtful than helpful. And so if you're disassociated from your body, perhaps you're spending too much time up in the cosmos, you're not dropping fully down into the body, then you're bypassing trauma and you're actually not really getting to the root issue. You're not getting to the the issues in your tissues. (laughs) And so through supporting women in this experience of, okay, how do I actually get into my body? And it's something that is felt rather than described. So there's different techniques, um, somatic coaching, breath work, movement, dance, yoni crystals and, and yoni steaming and connecting with the energy of the womb space. All of that is what I incorporate into my work and would encourage anyone who's who's already on the spiritual path to really question like, oh, am I am I possibly ignoring or bypassing some of these deeper parts of me that feel really painful to access because we need to feel safe to access those parts and safety can come from working with a coach, can come from being in a safe container on a retreat or in a space that's intentional for this type of healing, trauma-informed or at least trauma-sensitive. So through the 400-hour coaching certification training combined with about almost four years of coaching now, I've learned that when we lead with the body first, the mind then follows. But if we're focusing too much on mindset, then we bypass the body wisdom. Wow, that's so good because so much too in human design is about the body wisdom. So it's just so funny that you keep going back to that because all of it is exactly that, is being in the body and letting the body be the driver of the vehicle. So, so, so good. I love that. So I do want to ask, what are some of your deeper beliefs that drive the purpose work that you do with with women? Oh, great question. So I think we've touched on a few of them, but um, I really, truly believe that rest is productive. We don't know how to rest. Our nervous systems are completely shot. We're in fight or flight. The sympathetic nervous system is running the show. And so rest is productive, even though we think it's wasting time. And so much of connecting with the feminine aspect, otherwise known, sometimes feminine energy and yin can be used interchangeably. I think they're pointing at the same type of concept. And so yin, like yin practices, yin is the more restful recuperation, rest and digest energy. And so when we're resting, we're actually recharging the battery. And in order to rest, we also need to know boundaries. We can't get it all done. We can't do all the things unless we've rested and set boundaries. And in order to set boundaries, we need to be in the body to know what feels like a no for me before we go into overwhelm and what feels like a hell yes. What do I want to lead lean towards? what feels like a maybe or not right now, the gray area. And so that's one huge piece of of belief 
Yeah. I mean, I, what I love about what you said there was, um, rest and digest. I mean, I, I've never actually, I mean, I know rest and digest, but I've never like heard it like that in reference to the yin energy, because I feel like so many people, that's like the main issue across the board, like across America, like, you know, for sure. And is resting and digesting. Like everybody has gut issues. Everybody has problems digesting their food and using the bathroom. Nobody's sleeping. Everyone's taking sleep meds. So I feel like that right there just goes to show the lack of divine feminine energy or the balance of the yin and the yang between in every single person, because obviously we all carry those energies, both feminine and masculine. And it just goes to show like how off we all are collectively. Exactly. And to your point, like, most of us are overworked, not able to rest, and women especially need more rest. We, our bodies function on a 28-day lunar cycle known as the infradian rhythm, different from the circadian rhythm, which is 24 hours. And we could do a whole nother, whole nother podcast episode on this, but essentially the infradian rhythm is our, it, our menstrual cycle is an infradian rhythm. And so we're on this cycle connected to the moon and the tides and, you know, our bodies are mostly water. And so of course we have this beautiful connection to the moon that controls the tides. And with the infradian rhythm, we are constantly in this space of evolution and death and rebirth with the death or the winter phase representing our bleed, our menstrual phase, when we are really required to rest the most to allow our body to have that natural releasing and letting go process. Because not only are we letting go of the, the blood cells and the tissue that are no longer needed, but we're also letting go of the emotions and thoughts and the energy that's been cultivated and maybe a little stuck over the past few weeks of our cycle. And so when we allow ourselves to rest, which I like to call the womb cave or the red tent, you know, when we're really connecting with ourselves and our bodies during that part of the month, that is so healing for so many parts of our bodies. And even those few days or few weeks leading up to the bleed as well in the luteal phase, really key to rest and start to get back into that receiving energy because when we're resting we're more open to receiving and so if anyone is listening and wondering well I can't rest like I have kids I have work I can't find time for myself to rest I would encourage you to start with just your cycle like on the days that you bleed take one or two days to yourself or take a day or half day off work get in the bath like take one Thing for yourself one per month and start with that and put it on the calendar especially if you already know when your cycle might come it's easy to track it's easy to plan out um, but if there's people listening who don't have a bleed you can start with connecting with the energy of the new moon and the new moon is a time for resting and going inward it's the dark moon it's connected with the menstrual phase and our time for really reconnecting with the earth and our bodies so planning out rest in advance, putting a rest on your calendar, game changer. I love that so much because yeah, I feel very strongly about rest. Like I'm like, sleep is so important. I have a ritual when I wake up, but I have a ritual before I go to bed too. Cause I'm like, I need to sleep. And then also too, with just our menstrual cycle, when I first got in rhythm with that and I got like an app and started really learning how to do that, that was a game changer for me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like everything got so much better. Like I used to have a, okay. TMI for people who 
are sensitive to this, but like I used to have seriously like a seven day period and I'd have like four days of like heavy bleeding with like major cramps. And then as soon as I started to like honor my bleed cycle and have this understanding about it, everything changed. It was like, it went from like seven days to like four to five days and only like one and a half day of heavy bleeding. I rarely get cramps anymore. Every once in a while I'll get like cramps, but they're not like super bad. So it's just this thing that like we were never taught about, like as children, like most of us weren't. Some of us are lucky enough to have mothers who had had this knowledge and passed it down. But for the most of us, we didn't know anything about any of this. And so all of this information is really new to us. What would you say you're like, because you work with so many women, that's like the main thing that you do. What's sort of like a through line there where you see like every single woman here typically for the most part has issues with this? What is it that you usually see? That's a problem. Shame and unworthiness, which are kind of one and the same. Women have been trained and programmed to believe that our existence just for being a woman is something to apologize for. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me get out of your way. When, when someone bumps into you, how many times have you apologized? Or when you want to say something, do you apologize or say, excuse me before you say something? How many times do we apologize when nothing was our fault and we did nothing wrong, but we just want to keep the harmony and the peace and avoid retaliation or confrontation? Shame also stems from any type of abuse or neglect or bullying when we feel ashamed to be in a body. There's so much stigma around and standards around what it means and what it should look like to be in a female body and what it means to be feminine even. As a queer woman especially, there's a lot of of walls and barriers that I've had to break within myself around, okay, well, I'm still a woman and queer. So what does that look like for me? And I get to decide. But for so long, I wasn't giving myself the permission to decide that. I was unconsciously, I didn't even know I was doing it, going off of the standards from which I was trained and programmed through family, media, movies, culture, spirituality, and religion. Through all these different ways that we learn, we also learn that something about us is inherently wrong or bad. If we were punished, especially for doing things that we didn't do, or punished in ways that were not equal to the crime. Also, if there was bullying and comparison and jealousy, especially in middle and high school, there's so much that girls and women experience that create the shame and then perpetuate it. And so living in a patriarchal society, which most of the world still functions in patriarchy, systems of oppression, our current social and economic systems don't serve our evolution as a species. And we need to remember how powerful we are as feminine creators and that we have sovereignty. We have a say in this. We do have choice, but we've just been told that we don't have a choice. We've been told that our existence is wrong or bad and that we're here to serve and that we're here to serve a man, that we're here to look pretty, that we're here to be of of service and provide, which none of that is wrong or bad, but when it becomes the, the sole purpose for your existence and you forget, oh, okay, I have desires. I have dreams too. And we completely abandon all of that for the way that we think society is supposed to put put us in this box, that's when we're giving our power away and not claiming our sovereignty as 
as women, we have so many beautiful gifts to offer. And unfortunately, the world does not honor that. Um, I think another aspect of shame is feeling shame around feeling pleasure. We feel so guilty if we take a day off. We feel guilty if we spend that extra $5 on a beauty product or something special for ourselves. We feel guilty if we spend the money to buy ourselves flowers or if we feel intense amounts of pleasure, maybe during a self-pleasure practice or with a partner and this feeling of like, oh, this is wrong or this is bad. And so a lot of that shame is held in the womb space. It's held in these lower chakras, the sacral chakra, the root, the solar plexus even where we often hold some extra weight as well. And so whether it's extra weight, whether it's fibroids or cysts, or for me, it was imbalances in my menstrual cycle. So having irregular or missing periods, a lot of that was linked to the shame that I was feeling in my body and had no idea was there until I really dove into this work and had trained professionals that could support me in accessing pleasure in a safe and healthy way and accessing the pain that was there as well. The grief and the shame, the anger, lots of anger. And women have a lot to be angry about and it's completely valid. What do you hope women ultimately get out of working with you? I hope that all women in the world, whether they're working with me or not, or just listening to this podcast, like really may all women stop shaming and blaming herself for having emotions, for being in a body, having a human experience. And what I mean by that is anger and shame, these are actually useful emotions. Even though they're painful to look at and we don't want to have them, they're useful. They show us things. They're teachers. They deserve our respect. And like I mentioned earlier, some spiritual teachers would have you turn away from the pain in the name of ascension and enlightenment. But I believe that the path to true enlightenment and fulfillment is by embracing our humanity, embracing the density and the darkness and the anger and the shame and all that comes with it. And that's when we really get real with our healing and and spiritual awakening process. Um, I would also just love for all women to have a deeper connection to her body, her intuition, the earth, to be able to feel empowered in a room, especially like a room full of men. Yes, to be able to advocate for yourself and use your voice and to speak up and set boundaries. There's so much wisdom in that and power in that. And, and finally, just being able to trust yourself and to trust other women. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pain. Women have caused other women. We've, we've caused each other a lot of pain. And so healing the sisterhood wound and the mother wound are ways to repair the jealousy and comparison and bullying and all the things that we all have within us but rarely talk about and to be able to really open your heart to another sister another woman and have her see you and you see her and see her as a mirror and and see the shared collective pain that you've been through but also the same collective achievements and accomplishments and gifts and to celebrate each other in that is truly what I believe will eventually heal our planet. Oh my God, so perfectly said. And I honestly could not agree with you more. I have experienced this, you know, since being on my spiritual path, connecting with women in a way that I never thought I could. And honestly, they're, it's such 
like I get chills just thinking about it. Like it's such a powerful energy to be able to have that connection and support each other in that way and just hold space for each other's healing and to create new energy on the planet in a way that we've never seen before. Because like you said, we have grown up with lots of different, you know, so much conditioning around what it is to be in sisterhood as friends, women pitted against other women and stuff like that. So it's just so, so good to hear that. And just to know that like that is, it grows, it continues to grow. And I just, I see it even within people who aren't quote on quote unquote on this path. And I see things kind of stirring and coming about. And and that's kind of what gives me hope of, of this energy, the divine feminine energy continuing to grow in a beautiful, healthy way. So what are the different ways that women can find you and work with you? I'm on Instagram. That's my main platform. So reach out, send me a DM. My handle is I am dot Sarah Lane. Sarah spelled with an H. Just make sure you remember the period in there. I am period Sarah Lane. Um, and I'm offering one-on-one coaching and mentorship right now, private breathwork sessions over Zoom. And I'm also really, really excited to launch another round of Sovereign Woman, which is a nine-month embodied leadership training and retreat to Bali. And that program, we ran it once last year. We're going to run another round this year. And that program, it's nine months long. It's designed to empower you to bring forth your gifts, your feminine gifts to really heal yourself and community in the safety of sisterhood. And so it provides this really beautiful trauma-sensitive container for awakening and embodying your truth so you can experience more confidence and self-love and pleasure in your body and step into that embodied, confident leader that you were born to be. So wait, I have to ask now, so is it nine months in Bali or? Great question. It's nine months over Zoom, and then we have a five-day retreat in Bali. (sighs) That's so good. I might hit you up about that because that sounds so good. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, hell yes. I've always wanted to go to Bali and that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would love to have you in the space and for you and your listeners, I'm, I'm happy to offer $500 off the tuition. Um, so even if you know, the word sovereign woman appeals to you, then definitely reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you so, so much for being with us today and sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your energy, and all that you bring to what the work that you do and the way that you help women in this time and space. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Jen. And thank you for all that you're doing to support the uplifting of the feminine consciousness and humanity gets to heal through conversations like this and spreading awareness. So thank you for creating this platform and giving so much of your time and energy for free for so many people who get to receive from you. Thank you for listening to the She's a God podcast. Tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I would love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at This Is Jen Torres for all of the latest. And remember, she is a God, and so are you.